0: What is happening guys and welcome to the Barber Culture Podcast with me, Don Quinn. A platform created for growth, knowledge and wisdom from the industry's leading professionals. Today we're welcoming business award winning and author of Shaping Up Culture, Mr. Mark McIver aka Slider Cuts to the Barber Culture Podcast. Mark's impressive clientele base includes UK grime artist Stormzy and Timey Temper, world boxing champion Anthony Joshua and TV personnel Reggie Yates. With over 87,000 followers on Instagram, Mark's passion for the industry is definitely noticeable. So as usual guys, I'm going to break this interview down into three parts. In the first part, we talk about Mark's upbringing as a child trying to make ends meet through hustling and helping his mum and how that played an effect on his interest in business and also his drive and motivation to be successful within business. In the second part, we talk about how there is no class divide within the Afro-Caribbean barbershops, mixing high-end celebs with day-to-day public, and how that inspires the up-and-coming generations coming into the barbershop. We also talk about his book, Shaping Up Culture, and how up until creating the book, he was never a big fan of reading or writing, but lining up his vision through his blogs and his social media posts and bringing the two together in the book, talking about mindset and culture. So without further ado, welcoming in Mr. Mark McIver, a.k.a. Slider Cuts, to the podcast. Uh, so how are you finding lockdown?
1: Um, lockdown, it's to some degree a little bit relaxing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. Um, I'm getting to spend a lot more time. I know a lot of people have been saying this, right? And I feel it's to thing people feel like they have to say it. But for me, it's not actually something I'm saying. Like I... I've got to spend a lot of time with my children, which I'm happy about because I almost can't envision a time in their whole life where I'm going to be able to spend this much time with them. And it's yeah. weird when you think about it, that I might I might never again have solid two months, three months with my children, yeah. ever. Yes, yeah, so I'm just really just enjoying this time, you know, and just seen it as a privilege and a kind of like a time which I was never ever going to get and I've never actually ever thought about that that I will never have periods of time you might go on holiday and get you know a week two weeks you know with them but in their kind of like natural state of where we live in our actual home spending like months together which like you know their mum has been able to do when she was on maternity leave um, you know I was never going to have that. Yeah,
2: so I'm yeah. I know that. So.
1: Especially, especially with my three-year-old, who's going to be four um, in two months, because this is a time he actually knows and he will actually remember as well. <laughs> like my 11-month-old, well, almost 12 in a couple of weeks, he won't remember this time. Yeah, but
0: yeah. But
1: my three-year-old will.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, it, at the moment, it's like a time where... It, I can't, I can I can't, I can't say it's anything similar to like a World War Two or anything like that. But I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a time in history, which is always going to be remembered, isn't it? The, yeah. the time yeah. where we, we stopped, everything stopped for like, how yeah. long has it been now? It's like nearly eight weeks, isn't it? Yeah. I
2: think seven weeks, you know, coming up
1: to eight. Yeah. Coming up to eight weeks.
0: And I, you know, I think for a barber, like it's like you're so used to being busy, busy, busy or on the go all the time that it's like, you're finally getting that chance to just slow down and get on with the things that maybe, you know, like you say, spend time with your kids, do things around the house, get things done that you maybe were supposed to get done maybe two, three years ago, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, you, you, I've, I've noticed you've been exercising a lot. I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs>
1: so I was literally just exercising just before this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's keeping you busy. Oh <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I was exercising more in the beginning, but now, actually, I yeah. Do like my, my, my home workouts um
2: yeah.
1: on saturdays because my wife my wife is a freelance artist yeah. so now during this time she's been able to do her work mm-hmm. so originally she was working from home but now she goes to her studio because her studio is just her space and it's just like five ten minutes walk from our house Yeah. so she just goes there but now um it's just me and them so i just kind of do a lot of more home workouts. i can't go running and I got my kids there, and just be like, I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> so on Saturdays, she stays at home. So this is the day I get to go running.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I seen you exercising the other day, and you were like pushing your kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was loving that. Um, I'll be honest with you, Mark. The, the reason I, I really wanted you to get on, uh, to get you on podcast was because I just love your mindset on life. Like that. That's what I I think the last couple of years I've really honed in on um you know self-development and all that sort of stuff and I found that your story's really interesting and I really like it and I think that I just sort of want to find out a bit more about you and your story like what 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 you what was your upbringing like that made you sort of into the person you are now do you find that that's that had a an impact on you
1: oh definitely definitely um my upbringing so my mom is from Nigeria my dad's from Nigeria as well yeah. They moved to this country when they were like twenty something. They had I think my mum had me at about thirty, I don't know, early thirties at some point. Um, I think things were all cool. My mum and dad split up when I was like three years old. So then but when they split up after that, my mum still had a she had a shop which all her supplies basically got burgled and all these things there. So we were actually kinda of, I guess living all right up until that point. This was how old was I then? Maybe six, seven. Yeah. And because all of her supplies got taken, everything got taken, right? She couldn't afford to actually keep the shop open. I guess, obviously, her being an immigrant into the country, maybe there's things she didn't realize, like insurance, which, you know, back yeah. in Nigeria, you know, you probably, they probably don't, back then, especially, they probably, they wouldn't have been insurance or anything like that. So when yeah. you come to a yeah. country, you wouldn't know, oh, you know, you insure this, you insure that in case this happens or that happens. It's just like, you know, you got your yeah. supplies in. It's locked up, but everything got, I'm um, stolen. So what shop she What, the shop stock- what oh, was? the just shop? like I oh, was like a news agent. So
2: oh, okay, like, okay, you
1: know, okay. They just sold chocolate sweets. Um, she sold things like you know, Niger- Nigerian you No, know, stock. She sold like stock fish. She sold just like some Nigerian things, you know. Um, yeah. So just like it's just like a news agent. So then at that point there, she lost everything, and I guess we couldn't afford to pay bills, so we. Then I guess I had to leave our house, which we were living in, yeah, because couldn't afford it. And then we were actually homeless. So, me, my mum, my three brothers, and my mum, and we were actually homeless. So, we looked for, I think, a shelter. We got into like one of those kind of like homeless shelters things, yeah, yeah. Um, lived there for I I don't even know how long we were there for because i be honest, I don't actually remember this time, which is weird. I was like six, seven years old, I should really remember it, yeah. I don't know why I don't remember it. My older brothers remember it, you know. My younger brother doesn't remember it. I don't remember it.
2: That's I just
1: remember, but what I do remember is it was we were always just moving from place to place. Like yeah. that's that's the only thing I remember. Like it was always kind of like we were in the shop and suddenly we're not there no more. Something's been stolen. We're not there no more. I just remember having no money. I remember before we, like the last day or the last couple of days in that house we were living in, I just remember we had nothing and we had like two, three slices of bread. And that was it to our name. And my mum was like, Okay, you boys like split the bread and share yeah. it and my and my older brother was like, No no my older two my two older brothers said, you know, um, no, let me and Peter, my younger brother, let them just eat it. <laughs> and I just remember at the point that that's all we had. And then we just we were just moving around a lot. Like it was yeah, like we were somewhere yeah. for a week or a couple of weeks and we we were gone again and, and I think it was quite exciting for me. It was just like we just kept on moving. You know. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But you know, yeah. The government got us, you know. Council got us into places like temporary accommodations, um, and just kept on moving us, moving us. It was like, you know, I'm in this school now, and then you're there for like a few months, and then suddenly we're gone again because we moved to another area, and now we're gone again. It was almost like we almost like we were fugitives, or like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, something. We just kept on moving. So, yeah. you know, um That was kind of like my um, kind of like upbringing. Then it's just unstable. Just sort of, you yeah. know, you make friends. Yeah. And yeah. then you don't see them again. They're gone from different areas, different areas. Then I turned. That went on for probably about a year, year and a half, two years, something like that. Then we yeah. moved to Kingsbury. We were there for three years. Then I moved to Camden. And this is when my life really got stable. So prior to that, in Kingsbury, I thought my life was stable because it was, because we were living there for three years. You yeah. know, I was in a school there for three years, then Bernadette. Um, made friends next to neighbours, people on my road, we know where the park is, everything like that, my life was stable and then it's like, suddenly, they're moving us again.
2: Yeah, yeah, so yeah,
1: now, yeah. So we moved to Camden, like, Gospel Oak in Camden and then my life really got stable because I stayed there from 10 till I was 26 when I got married and I moved out.
2: Okay. And,
1: um, it was always kind of like, you know, never really had, like, my mum never had money, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I'm trying to make money from every means possible, you know, like, um, benefits and things like that and then but then she tried all these hustles on the side and I think this is kind of partially where some of you could say my business acumen or business drive comes in because my mom would do things like so when we were kids so let's say 10 years old 11 years old when I was 10 11 my mom used to make these Nigerian dishes called um chin chin and plantain chips and she would make it but then we would have to her, her children would have to like weigh them so like put on the scales you know make sure it's whatever it was 60 grams or whatever it was yeah put on the scales put into the bag then we have the machine you seal it then you got we got the sticker um, thing put the sticker onto it (laughs) then put it away and then we deliver it to the shops which she sold it to
2: okay okay.
1: so we were all involved we were fully involved in that we were fully involved in the whole process other than making natural food we were doing that and then i used to like you know it's bad um my my mom didn't know but i used to take from her supplies like when she was making chin chin and i used to put them in just like not in her bags just these normal kind of like these mini carrier bags we had and i'll take it to school and i'll sell them (laughs) (laughs)
2: you know
1: so um and then also my mom was also a caterer as well so when people from nigeria came over like there would be these ambassadors and these like important people from nigeria back then especially when they wanted good nigerian food they used to ask Used to call my mum and she would make it from our house. Then I would have to, me or my brother would have to go deliver it to wherever they're staying in their hotel and she'll get cool. paid. So she's just trying little hustles everywhere and you know, yeah. like that. So That's I think I just. Where
0: mindset come from?
1: Yeah, you know, because I saw it all, you know. And then as I was getting older, I think I was always interested in business without knowing it. Like I remember being like 16, 17 in my, my youth center and organizing. Um, events yeah. and being like you know we can do this we can do that and you know and you know we can market it this way and market it that way and we can get people to come and know it fits this many people and just like being so on it and designing flyers i wasn't a designer but you know like designing flyers and just being really into it like pushing i even remember things like there was how old are you sorry i don't know how old are you
0: i'm, I'm 28 29 <laughs> I nearly forgot that and,
1: <laughs> and what area are you from
0: i'm from south wales
1: okay so yeah okay so way through so there way well, yeah. yeah, yeah. off there used to be this be this big like um a rave or like club under 18 club called bigger fish like yeah. it was like north to north to west like that's where it was really popular like it was like the biggest under 18s I think it was the biggest under 18 probably in London will stop and I remember like still never had no money and I remember going to one of their clubs right and I was probably like 16
2: seventeen yeah. hadn't
1: 16, probably, actually, something like that. So I mean, had no money. And I went outside. I remember just talking to the people at the door. And I remember it was a quiet, um, a kind of a quiet night. Yeah. Just yeah. For some reason, they, it was always busy. But today was kind of quiet. That's it. It was the summer holidays. And they tried to put on an event every week, where normally it used to be every few months. And I couldn't get in. I had no money. So I remember just speaking to them, being like, listen, OK, if I can get, like, 20 people from the street to come in, will you let me guys, will you let me in? And they said they said yeah. the streets. Yeah, this and this thing's going on right now, it costs this much, you want to come, this and that. And I never actually got the twenty people. I and think I might I didn't get the twenty people. I think I might have got I don't even know, I might have got ten people or something like that, right? But they still appreciate it and they let me in free. Yeah, it's
0: like you a rap makes, in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: they still they let me in free still. They're like, you know, they saw me I was trying and I never had no money. They're like, Yeah, no, going, going. So I think I've always been like Really driven in, in, in like, you know, in marketing and pushing and exposure. I was really always kind of like doing something. Like, I used to go to youth clubs by myself. Like, I never yeah. used to like being still. So, like, even with my group of friends, when we were growing up, like, a lot of them, they were like smoking and doing this and it's like chilling. But I mm. always used to like doing something. So I'll be like, okay, well, these guys ain't on it. I'll go by myself. I'll go to a different area and go to a yeah. youth club by myself. Just because I, because I just I never the- let, yeah, i guess you know it was i was always nervous about it but i was so happy that I never let my nerves stop me from going out there and doing things and i think that's yeah. kind of like is what you know
0: you've got a good drive like a good uh, something that pushes you through sort of thing i i, yeah. I feel like i can relate to that sometimes because even if i'm scared of something i i want to do it no matter what yeah. it takes you know like yeah. Yeah. i feel like i need to prove to myself that i've got to do that one thing yeah um otherwise i'll just think about it you know what I'm saying but I, like when it comes to like uh, obviously with you you've done so much like um your book shaping up culture uh, yeah. and obviously I follow you on Instagram and I see that you know you're doing a lot with the community and you know what I really love and I was I was looking at it earlier how in your barbershop you, you've got like you'll have like a celeb in but you'll also have a crowd of just normal individuals that you know like uh, i don't know what they do or what their jobs are but like school kids and all that sort of stuff yeah. And i just, I love the community of it all you know like i just feel like do you, i should ask you do, you do you find it inspires them to to feel like do you know anything's possible you know what i'm saying like
1: um i guess it does it does because i've always said this right that the good thing about in present time, this could change as time goes on. Right? But at the moment is, the good thing about, say, the black barbershop, and I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm pointing it out for a reason. Yes. Yeah. There is no class divide. Mm-hmm. So there, so there isn't kind of like, and obviously, as, as time goes on, these things might change. But it yeah. isn't really, and there might be a few right now, but it isn't really kind of like you have your upper class bar, black barbershops, then you yeah. have your working class or lower class or whatever it is barbershops. So it means that everybody goes to the same place.
2: Yeah. You know, and
1: the reason why I point out the black barbershop is because, you know, especially in London, you have, you know, with white barbershops, European barbershops, you have your kind of like top end barbershops, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they cost money, you know, this and that, you know, a certain type of person goes there. But then you also have, you know, your kind of like traditional white kind of like working class barbershops, you know, where it's kind of like haircut for like ten pounds and it's called tops or something along those lines, right? yeah yeah so yeah so then it's kind of like if you're from a working class environment and you're going to a haircut, then it's likely you go to that barbershop, but if you've made money in your life and you're from a um a higher class, then you go to that barbershop, so it means that certain types of people might never meet or never mix because if you're mr superstar
0: celebrities, you go yeah. to yeah that you know, one the I world
2: you,
0: announced... I've never thought about that before, mm-hmm. never but you know I think the reason why i um i t- I Suppose down, down in South Wales is a lot different to being in London, you've got yeah. a, a big mix of cultures up in London, whereas yeah. down here you haven't so much. And I think that, like, say, our barbershop we cut every, everything, all different types of sort of uh, here and you know, cultures and all that sort of stuff. But I can see what you're saying, and it totally makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's a, yeah, it's funny. I've never yeah. thought of that before. And, that, and,
1: that's <laughs> the reason why, and that's the reason why you get that mix and that's why you can have the heavyweight champion of the world in the shop yeah. with the person. And in this, this is no offence to any job, but the heavyweight champion of the world the person who switched the streets to the postman, to the banker, to the doctor, to you know the accountant, the solicitor, the person who works in Sainsbury's, Tesco's, no matter what job you are, the people who do legal things, illegal things on the roads, who are thieves or robbers or sell drugs, whatever you do in the society you all come to the same place because there isn't that divide of
0: this is for you and this is for you yeah 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 yeah. whatever you, know, you so, are whatever you are outside of the shop it doesn't matter because when you get in you're the same person and that's yeah. wicked now that? that's that, that that is wicked um i mean you yourself you're busy all the time i don't know how you <laughs> when you look when i look at the stories i think how are you so omnipresent you're everywhere but <laughs> You must, you must have some sort of goals. Like, what do you do when it comes to goal setting? Do you, are you one of these that sort of? Do you have like um a, a goal setting plan or a vision plan? Like, what you want to happen in the future? Or do you just kind of go with it, like as it as it? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh,
1: you know what? I feel like sometimes I'm supposed to be like I've got everything planned out, but the truth is I haven't. Like you know, I've got goals. Everybody's got goals, whether they know it or not, right? Yeah. I've got, but my goals come as I just live life so I haven't got my next 20 years of my life planned out I never had this last 15 years of my year my life planned out it was like it started off with me cutting hair as a hobby when I was 13 14 just because we never had money to go to the barbershop so you know I um picked up the clippers myself to try and give myself a good haircut yeah Uh, and then as I messed myself up did it again because I still didn't have no money to go to the barbershop so back it again and the alternative was my mum cutting my hair and my older brothers. My older brothers just used to give me like haircuts, which was like no fade, like almost like a number two, three all around. It just looked, It just looked like almost like I never had a haircut. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and in my school, the kids had designs and lines and fades. And I'm like, I want, I want that style. So yeah. I was just doing it. And then I started getting better. Then, you know, my little cousin came and lived with me. I cut his hair. Then my little cousin from like another country came to stay with us while they're on holiday. I'm like, OK, cool, great. You know, let me cut his hair. I'm cutting his hair. Every now and then I'm cutting my little brother's hair. Then slowly my name started going around in my area. I started cutting more and more people. So this was just a hobby and I just really enjoyed it, you know, and I really just enjoyed it. I wasn't charging people, it was free. You know, people would call me, I'd go to their houses and I'd cut their hair. But I just really enjoyed cutting hair, you know. So I had no goal from cutting hair. I just was doing what I was enjoying. But then I turned 18, I got an unofficial. Apprenticeship, you could say, unofficially, pre- apprenticeship in this barbershop called DNLs in Finsbury Park, Holloway. And then I still didn't have no goals. My goal, well, I, my goal at the time was to be a good barber. Yeah.
2: That, yeah. that
1: was it. I was like, I really want to, I really want to fade like him, 'cause I had these older barbers around me, and they could, they were really good barbers, and I was like, I want to be as good as him. I want to be as good as him. I, oh, I wish I could fade like that. Mm. Uh, one day I'm gonna be able to shape up like that, you know? And that was my goal to be a good barber. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and then I, I seen how busy they were and I was like, yeah, when I get to that stage there, I'm going to be making more money but it wasn't like it was set like I need to be making this much money by then it was me just looking at them being like yeah, they're making yeah, that's this much money I want,
2: yeah, yeah, I want yeah. to
1: cut like that, but what was good was my first thing though and the most important thing to me was being a good barber and that's not because I was over, I'm not going to be one of these guys to act like you know, my focus has always been the craft, this and that, but that's what it was. You know, I don't know why I wasn't fully thinking about everything else, but I was just like, do you know what it was? It's because before I even started cutting hair, I used to always watch people's haircuts, even in school. In the back of my book, I used to draw haircuts. Like I, I <laughs> would always, I, 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 used to, I used to be like, I shape up, should like this. I just yeah. used to really, so I feel like for me, because I was so into cutting hair, I really wanted to be a good barber. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, and that was one of the things that helped me in my career. One of the massive things that helped me in my career that I was so focused on the craft of being a good barber. Because if you're yeah. a good barber, you'll make good money. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, totally. You know,
1: it just, you know it just, it just, it just will happen. It just goes hand in hand. Even if you're in the worst location in the world, if mm-hmm. you're really good at cutting hair, yeah. people will come and find you. It yeah. might be a slower growing process,
2: yeah. but
1: people will come and find you and we'll cut with you, you know, so that happened with me, and I was just like, I want to be a good barber, cool, you know, then I became, started getting better and better and better, then I started mini goals, like, every day, I want to cut this many people, or I want to make this much money, you know, you know, cool, little mini, mini goal, then it was just like, you know, right, I want, I want to drive, I want, I want a car, I want to get my license, you know, got my license, you know, then I then I I want, I want to, I want to get a car, get a car, so... Then it was little things like my goals in life at the time were those many things. And then it was like, you know, I want to be one of my big goals was I said, I really want to be in a like a relationship and be married and have children. Not at that like very moment, I want to be married right then or I wanted to have children right then. But, Long that was one of, but that was one of my goals in life. Like, I really wanted a family. And I remember like making this money. It wasn't like a big money, but it was big money to someone who lives at home with his mom and has bills of like your EE bill. And I split the electricity and gas between me and my three brothers or four brothers. It was just like it was it was nothing, you know. Those were nothing. <laughs> so I just I just go out all the time. I mean, not even raving. Like go. I love used to love going to restaurants all the time. Just yeah, go out yeah. eating, and I remember just being like, I would love to share all of this with one person. And those mm. are my goals. I, I you know, just want to live, you know, just in harmony with just one person. And you know, did that, and then you know. Um, I just, I don't know, just as I was just living life, it was just like goals on goals. Yeah. And then I remember 20, turning 24 and I was like, Yeah, you know what? I think I, need, I want to have a website for myself. People all ask me, Why did I think about having a website? Because I was just like, Well, I'm a business, so yeah, I just have websites. But um, the funny thing is, no barbers had websites at that point because so this is like 11 years ago, maybe coming up to 12 years ago. So I was like the first or one of the first, should I say, solo barbers, slash, even like barbers outside of your Tony and guys and Vidas assumes like who had a website
2: yeah, yeah. Only,
1: only only big barbershops had websites the yeah. average barbershop never had a website the average barber never had a website so what it meant was anytime someone came from outside of London or even in London when they were looking for a barber I was the one they saw online no mm-hmm. one else had a website
2: so yeah
1: and loads of customers from that loads overseas outside London outside England in in, in London loads, you know, but I never planned it. It was just at the time having and Makes having sense. the right mindset. I just like, you know, I saw myself as a business. So I did things which businesses did. I was like, you know, so you have a website. You know, yeah. then it's like you have business cards. You know, then it's like, you know, you know, social media comes out. It's like, oh yeah, I'll put my business on social media. Slide abs, yeah. you know. And so I'm on. Just, so my goals, yeah. So my goals were weren't kinda of like planned ten years in advance. It was kinda of like I was just kind of like, as I was just going along,
2: you know, yeah.
1: even opening up my own shop wasn't like a lifetime goal of mine. That goal came, I've been open like a year and a half now. Before I left, this three years. That came about three, three and a half years before I, I, I opened up the shop. And it wasn't that I'd never thought about opening up a shop before. It was more so for me, I was so loyal the shop I was working in or the shop I was managing slash running. Cause I was just like at first I was like you don't do that like you know just like nah when people used to always say to me you should open up your own shop. Why don't you open up your own shop from like I'm telling you, this is from like 11 12, 12 years before I even left. Yeah. People used, to, people used to say you should open up your own shop and I was like nah, you know this <laughs> is this this you know this, this is my this is my shop, you know, this is my shop, this is this shop. I just had that mindset, you know, just like, you know, I'm, I'm loyal to this shop. This, this is this, you know, if anything I'm going to do, I'm going to do it in the shop. And yeah. I realized that that was a false idea of loyalty because being, me leaving isn't disloyal. You know, me moving on, you know, with my life isn't disloyal, which yeah. I, it, it's just a process. It's your path,
2: it's your path it's just, isn't
1: yeah, it? yeah, but I, you know, I, that's what I just kind of thought. But I remember what happened was about three years before I left, when I made the decision to leave, i had been co-managing the shop running the shop um and i had all these ideas and i had all these things which i wanted to do in the shop and i just that had been for a while for years but it came to a halt where i was like i couldn't do these things which i wanted to do and it was so pressing on my heart that you know i was like no it should run like this and this should happen like that this should be like this this should be like that and it doesn't mean suddenly that the shop themselves doing things like wrong or whatever it is it's more so just a different in I- ideas of how a shop should run and it's not my shop so
2: yeah yeah ultimately you c- yeah you can't change it yeah yeah the
1: same way that i have a shop now my barbers can't they can give me advice they can give give their opinions but they can't force anything it's, it's my shop so it wasn't i was just like it came to that point where i was like you know what i really want to do this i want to do that and then um i just kind of like made this decision I was like no actually I can't I'm feeling almost frustrated here because he, he there's more that. I want to do yeah I'm feeling like frustrated I'm feeling like in a box Spread your like wings. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. want to do so much and I can't do it you know because it's not my shop and I like just yeah. like I'm long sure made a decision to open up the shop then three years later I opened up the shop you know, so it's just kind of like anytime I just had an idea of something I want to do, I just did it, but it wasn't like goal setting. Like, I,
0: like, yeah.
1: there were many goals, but it wasn't kind of like in 10 it years. Was, I
2: was,
0: it, it was in there, but you just didn't yeah. write it down. You knew it was, you yeah. knew it was wrong. But do you know what? I want to go back to when you said about, um, what was it? Because I, I was thinking in my head. So, you know, when you said you, you started up the website, no one had a website. And, yeah. and, you know, and you were probably one of the first like you said, barbers to have a website. You had Tony and Guy and all. But the, the, this is what really frustrates me with people. They're like, yeah, but it, you know, no one else is doing it. Why would it work? If, if it worked, then everyone would be doing it. But this is the thing, like if, so how can I put this into words? I, I can't really, it, if you think, if you think you've got an idea and you think it's going to work, go for it. You know, you've got nothing yeah. to lose, have not you?
1: The worst that happens is it doesn't work. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> You start again. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: okay so you know but yeah just try things when did so with the shop then you obviously opened up the shop um i've noticed like in a couple of your videos um i don't know if a couple of them were older videos and then and then a couple of them were newer because it was quite white in the shop and i noticed in previous videos it was a bit darker and you got two yeah. shops you just redone the shop up
1: no so what happened was first of all so i was in the old shop i was in yeah but then like it's funny um two months two months before I left the shop that shop moved next door yeah. to a new top it's a fully refurbished shop so the uh, shop yeah. used to be like wood kind of like yellowy kind of wood background and yeah then suddenly
2: that's,
1: one that's day that, that's the one everyone will remember that was DNLs suddenly one day we just moved like literally over just one day we just we just we just went next door right and then we, we were there. And I remember a lot of people being like, wait, what's going on? Like, what has happened? Because we weren't talking about it either. Yeah. And then I was there for two months. They moved in September, August. Then in October, beginning of October, I moved into my own shop. And nice. also, it was a surprise for a lot of people because um, I didn't tell anyone.
2: Okay, okay. Well, people
1: around me knew. Obviously, people like, the shop. Everyone knew, like, he was around. But, like, online, I didn't, I didn't mention it at all. I never mentioned it at all. I yeah. just kind of like so one day it was kind of like what well, you just it just moved and it, it was just like uh, what's happened?
0: Do you, do you, did you find that You built up relationships obviously with the previous shop and you obviously you didn't want to disrespect or anything like that, was it? And it's a hard well, one. Yeah,
1: isn't the truth, it? yeah, the truth is that see no one's actually ever asked you that, right? And I never actually spoke about it. so this is like the first time I'm speaking about it, like online. Yeah. yeah, the reason why I never ever spoke about it online was because. I didn't want to drive attention away from the shop I was in kind of at the time.
2: Yeah. And I
1: didn't want to make it this awkward thing either, where it's kind of like, Hey guys, you know, now I've just got my new, the lease for my new shop. So in the next six or seven months, I'm going to be opening up my own shop. And I just kind of <laughs> felt yeah. like I didn't, it, I kind of wanted to leave in the smoothest way possible. And yeah. I didn't want it to be like, you know, the whole time he was there, he kept on pushing these new shops. I didn't speak up at my new shop. I told everyone what was going on. You know, the owners, the, um, co-manager. You know, they had a new owner coming in as well. Um,
2: yeah.
1: Who I spoke to about it the whole time. Spoke to him about it. I didn't want to kind of like be like. And that's the reason why.
0: You feel like you're treading on it. I suppose you've got people. Pu- and barbershops are small place, isn't it? And you know, you. Yeah. I think the relationships you build with your co-workers are quite strong most of the time. And mine are anyway. And I think. Yeah. Um, I know our workers wouldn't want to. We want to do that with us around, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, yeah. it's a bit hard. Um, so let's let's sort of fast forward to now, I suppose, and you know, your journey so far. You've got the book out now, Shaping Up Culture. How's because that? That, that come out? When did that come out? October just gone. October just gone. And how have you found that?
1: Um, it was a great um process writing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I never thought I could write to be honest because yeah. I didn't do that well in school. When I got to college, I did a lot better when I fixed up. But um, in school, I didn't do that well. I've never really enjoyed writing. Yeah, I've never really enjoyed writing and reading or anything like that. Yeah. So it was a good process because I had all these things in my mind. And and even that, it wasn't even like a long lifetime goal. That came from, I was doing these talks on Instagram and on YouTube called Shaping Up Culture. And then we were doing the blogs alongside them. So, what would happen was, I would do the blog, and then, like, my PA and my publicist, and even my assistant who came on um, a while later, so mentioned them, you know, Casey, Shafra, Marcia, they would transcribe what I was saying and and put it into a blog. So, I was even writing, like, the blogs, although they were all, it was all my information, what I was saying.
2: Yeah.
1: But, and, you know, but they were doing it. So, even when, after I'd done, like, 12 episodes, I was like, Actually, I think I got into, I thought I could do a book, you know, like called like Shaping Up Culture, you know, maybe like part one. And you yeah, know, The yeah. same way, and line them up with my my vlogs, and it just came like that. And I was like, let's try that. And I just, you know, pitched. I didn't. Even, it's funny. I didn't even pitch it. I slyly pitched it to this publishing company because I was at a wedding, and there was a girl who I know who used to go to my, I used to go to the same church as her, and I just knew she was doing something with publishing. So I just spoke to her. Said, look, I've got this idea. I've got this book, I've got this thing, you know, I've done these vlogs, stuff like that. Um, I'm thinking about making it into a book. Like, what do you think about it? I wasn't even pitching it to her. I was talking to her. She doesn't own the company. Yeah. I didn't even know what a publisher even did really at that time. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know either. Just I still talk don't know. <laughs> <to her. laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just talking talk to her. And then suddenly, the next day, she calls me to say, I pitched your book to the owners and they loved it. And they want to basically sign it and all this kind of stuff there. And it was like, I hadn't even gone around. Like I had like, companies that I was going to approach, but I hadn't even gone yet. I was just talking to her because I'm like, oh, you're here now. Look at this yeah. thing I've got. And then suddenly I've met up with these guys and suddenly it's kind of like we signed a contract. And it's like, right. I didn't even go to anybody else. I didn't even properly put it out there, but they watched all the videos and they read all the blogs and stuff like that. Yeah. said so they really liked it. And suddenly I got a book, you know, um, and I enjoyed it. And then then basically, I took the blogs, basically, just so everyone knows. I wrote the book. So I took the blogs,
2: right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and then what happened
1: was, to make it clear, so what happened was in the writing process was I, was I never had time to write at first. Yeah. So I was re, kind of rewriting the book, but I would be on the phone to, like, my PA and they, I'd be doing di- dictation with them while I'm in the shop. So I'd be like, cutting hair, I'd be like, yeah. So, you know, what I want to say is mindset. The important thing about mindset is Doing this, doing that, doing that, blah blah blah. Then it came to a point when I, I did all of that, right? And they weren't they weren't doing dictation word for word, but they were basically writing what I was saying. And then I read it, the book, and I was really coming, reading the things and coming, being like, this doesn't sound like me. No, I wouldn't use that word. And it was kind of like I remember one line, like which my assistant put. I said, you know, there was this Caribbean restaurant across the road from me. But when I read it, she wrote, um, there was a Caribbean restaurant a stone froze away from me. And I remember reading that and saying. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say a stone for, that's not me. Like, I'm a hearing things, So I just rewrote everything.
2: Uh, okay. And it's okay. Like,
1: I yeah. had to find, so I just kind of like each chapter just got down and just started rewriting it on my yeah, phone. You know? i wake,
2: like...
1: wake up, yeah, i wake up four in the morning. I'd write for like an hour, maybe two hours, whatever it was. At night, I'd write. When I was on a bus, I'd write. I just rewrote the whole thing. And I was happy doing that because it was like, now these are fully my words. And it's never going to be yeah. a time when you come to me and say, you see when you said this in chapter five, I'm going to be like, oh, what was said in chapter five? Because I wrote
0: yeah,
1: this yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I was happier doing that.
0: But it that's, you know, like you just said, you're not, you're not the type of person that maybe did so well in school. I'm not either. I, I mean, I can't, yeah. my attention span is very, very low. <laughs> uh, So like, but it's a sense of achievement when you've done something like that. And you can say like, you know, I actually did it. I wrote that book. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I think it's, it's such a good achievement when you can say like I've yeah. got a book out.
1: <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that I wrote that book and I really got into the flow of writing and I enjoyed um doing it. That was really like therapeutic. That writing experience was therapeutic to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I write a lot actually. I find it I find it helps sometimes just to get things on paper, doesn't it? Um yeah. So so fast forward into now. I mean, you probably got a huge clientele in the shop. Do you work every day of the week or do you just not?
1: I work Tuesday to Saturday.
0: Okay. Yeah. So normal normal week. Normal week. Five days a yeah, week. Basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um what about like out of hours calls and all? That's probably mornings and nights, is it? Like it just saying no, you've got to go and cut. I don't know, AJ's here or you've got to go and cut um Reggie's here. Like yeah. do you, do you, is that all out of hours stuff or do they come in the shop like normal days like?
1: It depends on um whatever they're doing so they they're willing to come in normal days so reggie comes to the shop all the time reggie yeah. comes early in the morning
0: yeah i said. see i could <laughs> see
1: yeah because he's an early riser and he likes to start his day he likes to get certain things done in the beginning of the day to start his day right so like he'll train or he'll get his hair cut go and work out then you know if he can get home imagine he gets home at like eight o'clock then he, him is like i've worked out i've got my hair cut and i'm ready for the day now <laughs> So I can go yeah. to this meeting or write whatever he's writing. So he always comes to the shop early in the morning. So he never really sees anyone um, except for the next client or if the, one of the other barbers comes in early. Um, yeah. AJ, most of the time, I cut him outside of the barbershop. But he comes to the barbershop and he's not like, when he comes to the shop, he's not like, oh, can you find a quiet time for me? He doesn't think he cares. He, he, <laughs> he
2: just walks he, in.
1: No, he just says, yeah, he goes, he goes whatever time you have available, like, yeah. can you let me know whatever time you have available? Like, yeah. you know he's he always says I'll work around you and like, whatever it is I'll work around you he goes, you know he always said he always said you know you're you're doing me the favor you know you're helping me out so I'll work around you so whatever it is give me you know, your estimated time and I'll just move my day around that so yeah so he's not, he's not like oh don't let me come because it's busy at this time yeah 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 you yeah
2: know? but what I, I do did. do yeah. what
1: I do do just so people know is i when I do my insta stories with him I don't put them up straight away
2: Okay, I put okay. them up
1: when he leaves
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: because people see them and I've had people who have done things like I remember like a few months ago I cut his hair and I put them up but I put them up way after he left I put them up when I got home so I put them up maybe two hours after I think he was my last client and I put the first clip then someone messaged me on Instagram and goes bro like I ran to the shop but, but the shop's closed like, <laughs> but, I just, but on your Instagram it showed that he was just there and this is the reason as to why I don't put them up at the yeah. same time you know sort of you know if i cut storms in the shop i don't put it up at the same time because i know people are going to come and it's not that they care they you know they take pictures they do whatever they don't really care but i don't want to create this thing where there's like just a flood of people yeah just, like, because yeah. they've seen it on instagram so <clears throat> i don't it's put. A pri- it's the a privacy time.
0: thing isn't it it's a privacy thing i suppose
2: so
1: <laughs> you know yeah. and there's people there you they just take the pictures of the people there anyway but i just don't want to And it's happened before, I remember in the old shop. I remember one time, AJ came in and I finished the haircut. And this is what I used to do, the Insta stories at the same time. This is what made me stop, actually. This is like (laughs) maybe three, four years ago. And suddenly, there was a queue of people outside. Like, I looked outside, literally. And I was like, where are these people coming from? How do they even know he's even here? (laughs) And basically, what I realized is someone's seen on on my Insta stories and they passed it around. Now, all these people are there. And they're all like, oh, can to get a picture? And he was just like, he's like, oh, it's down to them, the shop.
2: Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he was
1: seeing it as, he was being considerate to the idea of, we might not want all those people in the shop. And he was like, and I was like, no, no, are you cool with it? Because I don't, I said, I don't think you care. Like, yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't bother me you taking pictures of them in the shop. But the UK goes, oh, I don't mind, it's whatever. So I remember we had to get one of the customers in the shop to be a body, not a bodyguard, but a bodyguard, a doorman, to let people in two by two take their picture with him and, and leave. then leave and then control it just like that but he was just kind of like yeah it's cool but I remember for me I was like yeah that was just like yeah 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 let's just you know I, I, the I,
0: up after I love it I love it I love I love him sink but I always find like all your sort of y- your personalities align what you're about what he's about what Storms is about all about helping you know and I, I, I love it I love this is what this podcast is all about you know it's all about giving a bit yeah. of information out to help people and and that's why I want to connect with people that are really inspiring on Instagram, you know. And yeah. um, you know, for yourself, I just think that it's important pe- to people to see that, y- set like just having a vision and a goal for yourself just to just to get that little bit further in life. There's so much of a push; it pulls you so hard. Like you go, you got a lot of mental health these days. You got a lot of um, people who may be complaining about not having a job and all. Like there's so much up. Yeah. Help. yeah. You know what I'm saying, like, and I feel like this podcast for me. At the start, I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go with it, but now I know which way I want to go with it, and it's, it's. I just want to just try and give as much information as I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Good. So it's been it's been amazing having you on, Mark, and and I've really enjoyed it to be honest. What's what, what so? let's Hang on. So let, let's, <laughs> let's say what's 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 next for you on the agenda? What's next for you on the agenda?
1: Well, my life goals. Um. My, my <laughs> <Yeah>. goal. <laughs> Next to me on the agenda, i uh, obviously getting the shop back open. Um, yeah. Um, I'm expanding the shop a little bit, putting some extra chairs in the shop. So, um, take on more barbers because we've come to a place where the shop gets so busy, we're turning away clients, and you know we've got eight chairs there. So I'm like, we need to now expand, and I've got the space to expand to add two extra chairs.
0: Sorry, are they are they renting the chairs off you then, or you, or they work for you? So I've got different deals with, with oh, okay. different people. So
2: yeah, I've got yeah. like
1: three, maybe three different deals. There is renting, mm-hmm. there is percentage split, yeah. and there is me paying you wages.
2: Okay. So okay. depending
1: on the individuals, we have different things, but as a business, if we want to talk about business right now, quickly, as a business, I would say, I don't get a lot of people in, um, a lot of barbers mad at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I I think the rentals thing is good and it's great for barbers.
2: Mm-hmm. Just
1: rent in a chair. You yeah. know, you pay the set rent and whatever you do after that is up to you. It's down to you, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Great. But as I was doing this business, I realised that I shouldn't, and as a business, you shouldn't do anything that caps your wages. Obviously, you can up the rent every year, but, you know, how much are you going to up the rent by, what, well, mm-hmm. by £10 a week? You yeah. know, but it's still it's still capped. So the way I run it is, it's a set rent, but then I take a percentage of the online bookings because the bookings is my booking system. So people book them through my booking system. So okay. it doesn't cap me. So you still get your set rent.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I take a percentage of those online bookings and then there's percentage split and then there's people who um, I pay wages to. Yeah. And I just think it's important if you're having a business, do not cap yourself. Like always... Put it in a place where you know the more bookings they get the more money I make and yeah, the more money yeah. they make you know yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. how I that's how I that's, that's how I do the shop everyone's kind of got different deals to kind of like what suits um, them
2: so okay.
1: um I'm adding two new chairs in Um I've got a hairdresser see I've got a space at the back right and I'm still working on what to do with that if yeah. I just so just rent it to a hairdresser and let them have it do I um? Try hire individual hairdressers myself, but you know, soon that space you'll see it um popping off. What else have I got?
2: ah
1: what else? What else? What else? Uh, Off the top of my head, what else am I doing? I can't think off the top of my head. But (laughs) else things I want to do. I want to open up an academy. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that is something which I that is kind of like a goal I've had for years. Like at some point I want to open up an academy. I want want my academy to be, which will be different to other people, unless people see this now or hear my talks and just take the idea.
2: um,
1: (laughs) I want to up an academy that teaches you, you know, all the health and safety, teaches you cutting hair, but also teaches you the business side, teaches you what you do in your career, you know, when you leave here, what do you do? Because I get these questions from so many just qualified barbers or barbers who aren't qualified yet. And I'm like, wouldn't it be good if you're, taught you these things, you know, like teach you about so you've going into the barbering world
2: now, oh, so money. the
1: different schemes. Yeah, here the different schemes. You know, most barbers will do you either rent a chair, you know, mm-hmm. some barbers will, you know, will you will pay your wage, some barbershops, sorry, some yeah. barbershops will do a percentage split. But these are the three major three things you will be doing when you're going to the barber world. You know, so this is so they also know that it's not weird because sometimes people ask me questions and like you know, this shop's doing this or they're doing this. Is this okay? That's that how it normally is? And they have no clue. So I'm like, it would be good if before you left, they told you that. These are the different schemes you go on to, you know. Yeah, um, I agree. And also, also little things like, you know, you don't really start learning to cut hair properly until you actually start cutting hair. The course teaches you basics, but until you're there every day cutting hair, that's when you start really learning um, to cut yeah. hair. You know, talk about things like, okay, now, you know, if you're going to be self-employed, you need to register, you yeah. know. Register your business. You know, um make sure, you know, you pay taxes, maybe, you know, create two separate accounts so you can every time you make money every week, take your tax payment and put that aside over there, because you're gonna be hit with it at the end of the year. And like I've known so many years, it's happened with me, I get to the end of the year I haven't got the money. Uh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. how am I gonna deal with this? And you know, just having to sort out payment plans, you know, teach them all of those type of things there, you know. Um like if you're gonna be self employed especially, you need to set up your own pension. You don't have a pension from anyone else. You know, your own insurance. Because if you get injured and you stop working, you might still have to pay rent to the shop. But you're not working.
2: Yeah.
1: So I just want to teach all these people these type of things here, you know, and just like how to set yourself up and promotion, like, you know, set up an Instagram, you know, how you should post and put your stuff out there and all these different things. I'd love to have an academy teaching that.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's it's 21st century teaching, isn't it? Like, you know, how important this is. How, how important is social media these days? It's That's I shouldn't important. say this, but it, it's, <laughs> it's everything.
1: I'm, it's I, a very important.
0: It's got to be a healthy balance, isn't it? It's got to be yeah. a healthy balance. You know, you can't you can't find yourself like, you know, um, looking at other people's work and comparing yourself. I think it's good to have a positive comparison, looking at what you can do to improve. But I think that um, having a negative comparison, thinking I'm never going to be like that, or I'm never going to be like this person, most most of it's fake. That's why I like your Instagram because it's real. But most of it, you don't see the real person, what they do. Like, that's not them. You know, so I think having a positive mental attitude when it comes to social media. But I totally agree with you, teaching them about life. Because I bet you found this that when you've got people working in the shop, you see them from a young age growing up and how much yeah. they change from being with yeah. you.
2: I
1: yeah, bet yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, had yeah, a lot yeah. of boys
0: come through the ranks like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And that's. Just- and that's what I want to do. I want to spread that more. I want to be able to help more people. And even before the academy, I'd love to um, do something where I could help out a lot more young people. So right now we do like this mentor and kite runner scheme where we have these young people working in the shop on Saturdays. You pay them, they count money, they sweep up, they take the bins out, they go get us food, just the odd jobs. If we are going to buy stock for the shop, they come with us so we can show them these things. But yeah. there's only so many people you can hire. So I would hope to be able to do something
0: where we could help out more people like that and maybe spread them into your shops or help them out in that sort of yeah. way i i <laughs> you know, i gotta say this i've seen i seen one of your videos the boys didn't turn off the air con or something like that I can't oh remember yeah, 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 yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, that's the type them, you know, of stuff you, i deal with yeah you need
0: to teach him because
1: he was like i didn't switch on the aircon so i was like yeah but you were the last one in the shop you were the last <laughs> one in the shop checks everything and switches it
0: off <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's great mark it's been an absolute pleasure so i always do this at the end of the podcast um if you could get a bit give it you know you've already given enough wisdom for us to <laughs> but <laughs> if you could give a bit of wisdom coming into the someone coming into the industry now maybe a little bit unsure which direction to go um not not so much direction to go but um how can i put this so you want to give someone a bit of advice on what they should do coming into the industry what would you say I would
1: say don't focus on the money although it might be hard depending on your your circumstance because you could be in a place where you need the money because you know you don't live at home with your parents you have to pay bills you have children like these things make it difficult but still you should focus on the craft um, and cut as much hair as possible when you're learning don't be afraid to give away free haircuts because it's you that's gaining from that, because if you're like, "I'm not cutting for free," but you only cut three people this week, and then the person next to you cuts for free and cuts fifty people this week, that person's gonna get a lot further, a lot quicker than you, even though you're making more money than this person right now, and that's why it's all about focusing on cutting hair and being a good barber because good barbers make money,
2: yeah. and that's
1: what we I would say the most important thing focus on becoming a good barber of cutting. Here.
2: Thank you. Learn,
1: and the one thing i added as well, learn. Like shadow people if possible. Ask around. Can I come and watch you for the day? Um, watch people's YouTube's, Instagram. If you think there's someone who's good, then study that person. You know, study what they're doing. Ask them questions if possible. Study the process of how they get to where they're at. You know, really study people, study your craft, and don't worry about the money um, for the moment. And also, if you can afford to do this always be prepared to pay to learn you yeah. know because we come from a place where i know I come from a place where people wouldn't pay to go and learn more about barbering or to go shadow a barber who they admire and my thing is if you admire that barber because you think that barber is a really good barber if they do shadowing classes if they do master classes if they do courses then if you want to be as good as that person and better then you need to get around that person. So if it costs you £100, £200, £300, £500, whatever it is, pay it if you're able to, you know, because you're paying into yourself when you do that. Don't have the mindset of like, I'm not paying for that. No, that's a bump. And I always say this to people, I charge for shadowing sessions. I charge for, um, you know, master classes and things like that. I help a lot of people out as well for free, you know even yeah. if, I'll be honest even these things, there's people I give away these things for free because they can't afford it and their circumstances they're just not there but what I say to people is what I say is you want me to train you for free or build you up for free I'm not talking about the trainees I have which I do for free
2: yeah um, yeah
1: but you want me to teach you for free shadow me for free for you to go and get paid from what I've taught you
2: yeah,
1: yeah. why are you not willing to pay for that because you're going to make money from it. There's a difference if you have no money, you're down and out. As a said, and that's why I have these schemes to help people which are in those situations where you don't have no money. You don't have these things that I think I really think is important to give to those. But there's people who just don't want to spend it. They don't want to prioritise it. And I'm like, like no, you've got, you pay. Because you're learning. You're, you're learning to go and make money. Yeah,
0: they don't so realise the importance, do they?
1: Yeah. I pay for courses. I've done a wet shaving course, you know, and, you know, even, like, in the place which I'm, quote, unquote, this person, like, you know, this name or whatever it is, you know, I've gone and done a course. And I remember walking into this place, like, I went to London School of Barbering to do a wet shaving course over two days. Um, it was, like, 500 pounds. And I remember I walked in, right, as this, quote, unquote, name, and so, some guy, as I walked in, some guy who was, like, a student in there was, like, i a slide the here they're like oh he must he must
0: be he here a to teacher teacher <laughs> yeah.
1: he, he must be here to teach and I'm like nah. you know, I'm, yeah me, I'm his I'm, brother
0: I'm his brother you
1: know, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn you know and you know I'm paying and it's not like I'm using my oh he's to the cups you know you no know, do it for me for free it's like no pay you know I've done a barbering qualification I paid the money which is a couple of thousand pounds or whatever it was you know pay you know even now there's courses which i want to do like, like i want to be better at scissor cutting um like european hair and asian hair doing all that mm-hmm. scissor cutting stuff i'm not really good at it i'm so basic or just beneath basic i've already yeah. spoke to someone i'm going to be paying someone sort at the price as soon as i come back i'm going to be paying that person to learn you know but why should that person do it for free when he's teaching me or she's teaching me something which i'm going to make money from
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i've seen you with the scissors though you've got like I think they must be like, are they a seven, seven, a seven or a six? I don't know. Anyway, and you you like this over the top and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it that fast. Not over an afro. No, <laughs> yeah, with afro hair. Yeah, with afro hair, I'm cool
2: with
1: cool scissors. With European hair, <laughs> I'm just leave it out. I'm Is, so it, basic. It's I'm, off winging seven, eh? I'm winging it most of the time. I'm winging it most of the
2: time.
1: Most of the time, I just wing it. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it pays to invest. I mean, I'm I'm doing something at the moment with, with a, with a coach Chris Foster I'm paying to invest I mean he's just yeah just know Chris Foster yeah yeah so he's he's helping me now and I, you know what it's, it's it's amazing what you don't know which is so simple um, yeah but until someone tells you it and like you said you've got to pay to get this information half the time unless your best friend's like you know uh, a millionaire and, he's, and he knows everything <laughs> yeah. you know I've got some good friends but sometimes you've got to know people who've been and done what you want to do like isn't it yeah so, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this podcast. Um, where can people find you anyway? Um, yeah, obviously, Instagram, Slider Cuts. Uh, yeah,
1: everywhere, everywhere, Slider Cuts. So every platform I'm on is under Slider Cuts. My website, slidercuts.com, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Tumblr. Um, <laughs> Grinder. Um, not, not, not that. Not that, <laughs> <laughs> not that. married man, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm on no dating websites. <laughs> and if you see me on a dating website, it's not me as a catfish. <laughs> um, yeah, every platform, you know, YouTube, I've got a YouTube channel, slider Cut. Um, yeah. what's this new one everyone's on? I just signed up to I use it as well. How can TikTok. I forget TikTok TikTok on TikTok <laughs> slider cuts, you know, I've put videos up in there as well. So everywhere. If you just type the slider cuts on any platform, Google, you will find me.
0: What about podcasts? You haven't you haven't started the podcast yet. I
1: know do you know what for years I've wanted to do a podcast but I just know I haven't got the time Yeah. and people said to me you should start it, but I just know, I just haven't got the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could have some amazing people on there, I bet as well. You know, just chat. Actually, what I love about this. Some people, I haven't done it myself yet, but people are just going on podcasts and they're just hearing their mind. They're just talking about life yeah. and all that sort of stuff. You know, I think that's cool. Um, but I, I think for me, it's more, I like the interviews So I'll find out about people and stuff like that. Yeah. But, Mark, um, it's been a pleasure. We're nearly at an hour now. It was only supposed to be half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) It's been enjoyable. I've enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. I've enjoyed it as well. Yeah. So I will speak to you soon and thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview, guys. Um, If you want to contact me via Instagram, it's donquinn.hay or barbaculture.tv. Thanks for listening, guys.